My name is Jonathan Blackwood. Welcome to My Tech Decisions Podcast. Today's guest is Marco Hedgie, CEO of Grow Life Inc. Marco and I discuss data, automation, and analytics input into manufacturing facilities, specifically marijuana manufacturing facilities. Grow Life is introducing a product that allows these type of cannabis companies to improve the efficiency of their operation using a clever amount of sensors and data and analytics in order to alert them about changes in temperature and amount of water and all kinds of different variables so that they can create a greater yield with the same amount of work. While the cannabis industry is a unique one, the processes that Grow Life use can be applied to any manufacturing facility. Really what we're talking about here is data and analytics and business intelligence, better understanding what you're getting out of your manufacturing and trying to improve those processes with actual factual data, real-time data. It's an extremely interesting conversation. And while it centers around a relatively controversial topic, When you listen, think about how your own processes could be improved by some of the technology that we discuss. Enjoy the interview. Before we get to the interview, a quick reminder that My Tech Decisions podcast is now available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Make sure to subscribe in order to instantly download the latest interviews with expert AV integrators, IT providers, security installers, technology manufacturers, and commercial technology decision makers like yourself. If you like what you hear, you can leave a comment and rate the podcast as well. Search for My Tech Decisions Podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe. Now let's get to the interview. Welcome to My Tech Decisions Podcast. Today's guest is Marco Hedgie, the CEO of Grow Life Inc. Marco, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So they use a few different tactics to uh, grow marijuana, um, and it's really making a little bit of a splash in that industry, which is that industry is really making a splash across the entire country right now. So Marco, uh, to start off, tell us how technology plays into the farming technique that allows you to grow your crop at such an efficient cost. Well, let me pause for a second and clarify uh, a misunderstanding. First of all, grow life does not grow or touch the plant. So grow life is a, uh, is a picks and shovels play, if you will, that provides all the supplies and equipment and products for cultivators to grow uh, in the indoor as well as outdoor uh, plants. So our largest customer base is the cannabis industry, predominantly the indoor group. And we provide, as I said, lights, nutrients, whatever's necessary to initially set up the grow and then keep it going with the consumables. Okay, so how did Grow Life get into? Uh, was, was the play to go after the cannabis market, or were you guys just starting with let's find a more efficient way to grow crops? So it started with uh, several retail stores that provided hydroponics equipment to uh, legal states uh, such as California, which was uh, legalized for, for medicinal 
use of cannabis over 20 years ago. The, the company started with several stores and then expanded into e-commerce and then went into a direct sales force and now uh, provides what's necessary for some of the largest cultivators, uh, such as uh, one farm in uh, Aurora, Colorado, who has the largest indoor cultivation farm, 120,000 square feet. We work very closely with them to provide all the necessary equipment and supplies. Uh, why would or why do you find that these growers uh, go with grow life technology versus the natural way or, or with a competitor? Well, first of all, it's excellent, excellent question. Um, to give you a, a scope of what we're talking about, there are over 15,000 different products that are used to cultivate uh, uh, cannabis and, and even food supplies. So there's, there's a, a number of, of different uh, products that ultimately um, uh, are being innovated by the manufacturers and the cultivators themselves have a focus on the quality of their product and not necessarily on what's the latest and greatest. Our team focuses in on, okay, where are we with, with LED lighting? How, how, you know, what's the best type of light to go with? You know, a thousand watt versus 315s. Uh, there's several nutrients and several um, in, innovations and enhancements that are being made to um, to keep the uh, the industry moving forward, and um, we provide that service to our customers. Sometimes some of these cultivators try to go directly to the manufacturer, but the manufacturer is not uh, oriented to scale up and provide the support that uh, Grolac provides. Does, does that help clarify? Yeah, I, I think so. But I want to go more into that support. So you guys obviously provide the equipment and some of the nutrients and stuff like that. Is, is there also a support, like a customer service type of uh, deal that you guys have that, that sets you apart? Absolutely. In fact, uh, let me recap those three channels. So, so we have a few key stores that serve as outreach and fulfillment centers. We have an e-commerce center uh, where people go on to shopgrowlife.com which is where they can uh, look at the different products and look at their prices, compare. And then when you have a sizable um, grow operation, you contact Grow Life, and we have a direct sales force that helps you from, from designing to implementing to maintaining a grow operation. And, and those are the three channels that we believe our, our customers are getting the most benefit from. Okay. And uh, one of those benefits that they're getting, I understand, is a lot of data and analytics that come when using GrowLife uh, products. So what kind of sensors are in use and, and what kind of data are you gathering when it comes to growing operations or when it comes to your customers' growing operations? So once again, let me clarify. Uh, what we've announced is a complete growing system. And one of the attributes of this growing system that we're testing out right now is the collection of, of the data in the grow facilities. Uh, that is not a product that, that is being sold today. It, is, it has been designed, it is, uh, has provisional patents around it, and it's being tested. Uh, but it hasn't been delivered to market yet. So I can tell you what we're working on and, and the vision for the utilization of this data, but just to clarify, it's not something that we're providing out there today. We happen to have the ability, given our footprint, to provide information across North America, different staged markets, such as the, the Colorado market, of course, is, is much more advanced than almost all, all the other markets because it's, it's the first one to go both uh, um, 
uh, medicinal, I'm sorry, not medicinal, it was the first one to go uh, commercial and recreational, and whereas California was the first one to go medicinal. So there's, there's different cultures, different, different ways of approaching the problem. What we see, if I can now answer your question, what we see is the need for consistency. There's, there's something called genetic drift, which is when you start uh, utilizing too many cycles of, of, let's say, a clone to continue to, or mother, to continue to use their clones. And what you thought was a certain uh, strain behavior starts to drift away from that consistency. So with our data, our intention is to help the, the cultivators see as the product is growing, as the, the plant is growing, consistency and variances. So when you start seeing a drift away from how the, the plant was growing in the first cycle or two cycles, then you would, would pay attention to it a little differently. You would make adjustments, or it, whether it be additional nutrients or, or, or different uh, uh, lighting uh, ranges where you may put a little bit more light, a little less, a little longer. There's so many variables. In our case, we trap uh, for 27 different environmental variables as the plant grows. Okay, and, and what are you using for sensors? I mean, it can't be that you just, you know, stick a camera on these things and hope for the best. Are, are, is it in the soil? Is it in the, like, how are you measuring uh, the, you, without going into too much proprietary information, of course, but how are you measuring this data? No, it's fine. It's fine. No, so, so there's been, um, uh, think of it as uh, we are integrating uh, a number of technologies and products that have been out there for a long time, but every manufacturer or, or developer has focused in on their core competency and their, their uh, uh, measurement. So when you walk into a, a grow operation, you'll see thermostats and hydrometers uh, tracking the, the performance of that area. You'll actually see in, in, in some cases, there's, there's one, one grow out in, in Vegas uh, that has a very large room and it has uh, sensors but it's an open air. So you're not really getting uh, an accurate read. You're getting a range read. Uh, well, there are better ways of using these sensors. So there are already existing third-party sensors. So we, we, have, uh, we have the ability to utilize those. We happen to use a camera. We also happen to use a camera that has uh, its own built-in sensors with alerts so that uh, I'll, I'll get an alert in our test system in the middle of the night and it'll say uh, the uh, hydro... Um, Sorry, the uh, the temperature or the humidity is out of range, and once you start hearing this uh, this uh, alert beep you about three or four times at three in the morning, you're on the phone and you're trying to figure out what's going on, and then you determine that maybe there was a power outage. And the sooner you capture uh, these alerts, the sooner you can take action. So we see this as as three phases. Phase one is to collect the data, which is what we're doing right now. The second phase is to build the AI to uh, take action on that data. The first range of action, which is phase two, is simply an alert uh, of, of variances to a high-low. So um, for those that are familiar with artificial intelligence, the basis of AI is using a rules engine that then will respond back to different ranges or different conditions, and those conditions then will trigger events. So the initial simplest event to do is an alert. So you get a notification, whether it's, it's an email, a text, or whatever, to the right parties. The third one is the one we're most excited about, and that's where the automation comes in. So if we, we, we determine that there's a, uh, 
a, a sensor says uh, there's an outage, we can then use a backup system and trigger that to, to turn on. Of course, you don't want to have the backup system running in parallel, but you do know when to roll it in because you want to keep your, your electricity costs down. You don't need to run things in, in, in duplication. Another one is lighting adjustments. So the traditional lights have hovered above a plant and have needed manual work to raise and lower using chains or ropes uh, the, the distance of the light from the plant. In our case, we use, we use uh, different types of light that also include LEDs. They hang at a distance from the plant and based on conditions, they can automatically either get closer or further away and tune it so that we can make adjustments to how much lighting, direct heat, energy, the plant is getting from the light. I'm glad you brought up. I, I mean, it's really amazing that you're you're also implementing artificial intelligence and automation into this. And I know that there's a lot of manufacturing facilities that are trying to do the same thing, putting in sensors and measurements. And, and I mean, even there at the very beginning of introducing artificial intelligence and automation into the process, because because you're not just, you know, creating something from scratch, like steel, for example, and it really is a, a living thing, or it, it really is a, a something that you're growing, how much more difficult does that make it to have the correct measurements and make sure that the AI is on point and make sure that the automation is working correctly? Well, first of all, I think you summed it up very well, because using third parties who, who have engineers and experts who design and, and, and calibrate their systems allow us to take one big step above trying to replicate uh, good equipment that's already in place. But what's been missing is the complete integration or systematic approach to the problem. And, and the cultivators have been put into the position of saying, okay, you buy three of these, four of these, we, we, we start mixing these sensors, and then you put them together. And, and frankly, the cultivators aren't skilled to be systems integrators. They know how to grow high-quality product. And our, our, our intent is to say, you know, Grow Life will provide the systematic solutions or, let's say, the infrastructure and the noise predominantly for three reasons. We want to help you lower the cost. We want to help you automate the process so you don't need um, as, as more labor as you scale up. And we want to also increase your volume. And to do that, you need to have coverage that you don't have uh, unless you, you traditionally use manpower. If we, can, if we can systematize it and bring it all together, then I think we, we, have, we have a solution, a systematic solution. I, I know it sounds um, uh, complex, but actually it's something that's been done in, in traditionally in many industries. And what you end up doing is collecting the data from these uh, 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 call them thermostats or sensors or whatever, and rolling it into a, a PLC, a programmable logic controller, that then gets fed into a database. I come from the software industry. I have a team of people who, who are looking at this problem that come from the software industry and know how to do everything from uh, uh, extensive database management to rules engines and then start introducing the, 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 the AI that we discussed. And AI is a catch-all because People think of AI where computers start thinking more than people, and mm. actually it's, it's, it can be extended fairly far, but at the end of the day, it's rules. It's the way, the way humans behave. They, they know that fire's hot. If you put your hand on fire, you're going to burn, and that's not a good thing. So you have built-in sensors like nerve endings. It's really 
the same for for growing. The difference is the people we want to alert are these cultivators who are very sensitive to the quality of the product. They really want to focus in on saying, what can go wrong with this plant? Overwatering, underwatering, the fans blowing them dry, not enough fan, you know, the, the pesticides that can sometimes creep in if you have too many visitors who don't take care of their shoes. I mean, there's so many variables involved. And what we're doing is saying, Grow Life has, has put access to all these sensors, starts doing all the testing to make sure they work together. We'll have a short list of recommendations, but more than likely we'll be delivering the complete package and working with the manufacturers of these sensors. Well, I'm glad you brought that up too, because uh, regardless of the industry, there's a lot of pushback on uh, automation and artificial intelligence in general, because I, I think because of the human element, I think because people who aren't don't come from a software background or don't come from a technology background, look at it and say, how could this machine possibly do what I do, you know, and pay attention to the things I pay attention to. So how tough is it? And how do you go about educating that the cultivator base to get them on board with that program and to get them to entrust their grow operation to, to your technology? And, and I completely agree. There, there is confusing terminology. There's, um, in some cases, overreach and overpromising that's being done by, by uh, a lot of people. And, and the way we look at the problem is we don't want to displace uh, the, the craft or the talent used to grow high-quality product. You know, we don't see that as an automation tool. We see, we see uh, uh, it's like if you said, how do doctors make better decisions? If you could provide diagnosis information and the doctor then could, could examine that information and then do prescription, the doctor's value is being added by helping the patient and being able to make more accurate and faster decisions. That's how we see the cultivators. You, you get the laborers less involved and you move the, 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 the value add to the quality. And what we're doing is instead of having somebody pull a chain up and down, we can have those things done through, through a, a motor. So you wouldn't want to have, you know, you, do, you don't want to have uh, people taken out of the equation. You want to have the people's skills applied to the equation in the best possible manner. And, and um, that's interesting because culturally, my experience with, with, with the cultivators is they do not uh, want to ever create a layoff situation because talent is so hard to get loyalty, trust, it's all, all these very critical factors to make a grow successful, to make a cultivator's operation successful. What we see is that if you have 15 people that are growing 100 plants, for example, and you can grow, let me, say, let me back up, if you have, say, 10 people growing 100 plants, and you can then give them the tools so those 10 people can still grow, uh, now grow 500 plants, what you've done is you've, cost your, you've cut your cost per plant by 80 percent you still have those skilled uh that skilled talent you don't have to lay the people off but now you can produce more volume so so the challenge with scaling up which is what will happen when this thing goes off schedule one the big guys know how to scale you know they know how to bring in high volume manufacturing and they know how to do it at the least possible cost the difference is our industry today the, the particularly the cannabis industry has a focus on quality. You know, they, they understand the particular differences in terms of the strains, the flour, uh, whether it's, it's the oil, 
all these different factors come in and 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 really make the experience um, what it is. If 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 you're trying to just build box wine, there's going to be room for that, but that's not where our, our product focus is right now. Our, our our focus is on helping the highest quality products be yielded with the smallest amount of cost to the to the cultivator, which is which is the next factor we didn't talk about, but if I may, getting the cost down is absolutely essential. And the way to do it is with this kind of systematic approach. Yeah, well, I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the scaling is really where uh, technology like this can can help out the industry. But I also think that the aftermath, which by that I mean when they do have quality product come out and they've been measuring it every step of the way, that must help them understand, okay, we want to tweak our approach a little bit. And, and they must be coming up with, oh, we haven't been paying attention to, you know, the exact humidity, or we haven't realized that if you raise it a little bit and you lower uh, the water temperature or whatever it might be, then you get a better product at the end. Are, are, Are they finding, and are you finding that, this information is actually giving them a way to better understand the quality of the product? Well, surprisingly enough, I think most of the, the, the cultivators who've been around for several years understand how to use this information. What, mm. what they're doing right now is they're collecting it manually. They're, they're trying to trans, uh, communicate it from one person to another. They're, they're, they're uh, uh, making orders to each of the parties and all that is very time consuming. And, and, and then they start a new strain and unless they kept very accurate records, they don't know if they're going to have consistency. So when you, when you, uh, when you produce another, uh, say another crop of the same product, your customers are expecting to have the same experience. And, and when it starts to vary, and, and the palates are very sophisticated among the customer base at this stage of the industry. I mean, mm. it's, it's like fine wine. The, the, the consumers, particularly the consumers of flour, are very, um, uh, what, I, what would I call it, uh, particular. And when they start feeling like, well, this doesn't, you know, this is not the Girl Scout cookie I had two months ago, <laughs> or, or, or there's a significant variance in this experience, that's an issue. So what we're trying to do with the data is to say, you've got, we alert them to variants in case they miss it. Now they, they could manually catch it, but if all of a sudden they see that uh, a new guy came into the, to, to the, uh, the process and he tried to ha- save money by going lighter on the watering or maybe change the recipe around. And all of a sudden something's a little different. They have the pattern, let's say for, um, for what they were going before all of a sudden starts behaving or, or, or there's, there's something that comes out different that creates problems. So having, having the cultivators diagnose it because the buyers, when the, when the, uh, uh, uh dispensaries come in, they're negotiating, uh, the price. If they feel like they're getting less quality because the manufacturer, the, the, the grower is trying to save money by less nutrients or, 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 you know, less electricity and trying to go white you know, it's, it's going to get into this pushback battle, which is happening right now. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to name names, but there are some people who try to try to cut corners because they're selling now at say two two fifty a gram where they used to sell it for about eight to $10 a gram. And it's still costing them about a buck 50 to $2 a gram to produce. 
So they're trying to figure out how, how do I save money? How do I get my costs down? So our key value proposition is to say, we're shooting to get this thing between 35 cents to 50 cents production cost per gram. And, and our test is supporting that kind of range. So we're very excited. And, and, and ultimately, that's what will help these cultivators do a better job, not just delivering quality at a, at a premium price, but also be able to be competitive with, with other people who are maybe not as premium. No, I, I think that I, I think it makes a ton of sense. And it's really not just and that's what I want my audience to take away from this. It's not just the cannabis industry that faces these problems and can benefit from this type of technology. Really, data and analytics can help any mostly manufacturing, but any manufacturing facility better understand and better have consistency in, in the quality of whatever product that they're having. Uh, one last question, Marco, before I let you go. And, and this is within delivering uh, the data, delivering the an analysis of the data, really. Uh, what's the user interface look like? What is, uh, uh, what's the dashboard look like? How do these people actually read the information when they uh, get it from the, the Grow Life sensors? So that, that starts moving into a little bit of proprietary. Once we've launched it, sure. we can then uh, present it. But I can, I can tell you that um, our, 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 our discovery is one of the best interfaces. Well, there's, there's two great interfaces. One is where there's no interface, where you get notified that there's a variance issue. But the other one, which is probably the, the, the most exciting one, is the visual. If you, can, if you can look up and see a pattern over time, and you see your ranges, and you see something out of range, you don't have to read a big table of numbers. You don't have to pour over volumes of, of, of paper and look at, look at tables and tables and say, you know, this doesn't look right. It, it, you know, any chance of error um, has to be eliminated. So what we try to do is, is help the, the, the customer uh, assimilate the information as easily and as fast as possible. So you can imagine that a dashboard is absolutely critical, and, and graphical presentation is also uh, part of our, our delivery. Okay. Well, we'll make sure to look out for it once it is uh, announced to the public and, and it's out there, and, and we'll update uh, and, and we'll update our audience to take a look at that. But uh, basically, I, I think Marco yeah. nailed it where, where he basically said visualize it and give it uh, to people in a way that they can understand the information without having to you know, waste time really digging in. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look out for that. Um, Marco Hedgy, uh, CEO of Grow Life Inc. Thank you so much. This has been a really interesting conversation. Wonderful. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening to my tech decisions podcast here at tech decisions. It's our mission to help you do your job better. If you'd like to learn more, head over to www.mytechdecisions.com. Or follow us on Twitter at My Tech Decisions. I'm your host, Jonathan Blackwood, Managing Editor of Tech Decisions, and you can find me at Blackwood Tweets. Thank you again for listening, and good luck with all of your installations and implementations.